right, guys, this is Carrie with Fullerton Professional Organizing, and I have a real interesting person to talk to you about today. She has a YouTube channel, and I have to admit, some of her most popular video is about, it, the most popular YouTube video she has is when she, uh, a hoarder, tries KonMari method. Now, I love a lot of the KonMari methods as a professional organizer, but not all of her methods work for all people. And what I found very interesting about this person, Melanie Renee, uh, A Hoarder's Heart is uh, her YouTube channel, is some of the things that she said um, are very inf informative and very interesting to a professional organizer. Um, you've all seen the show Hoarders. Well, from what I saw, her home is, uh, from the videos, judging from the videos, her home is clean. It's just got a lot... Of stuff because she buys a lot of things and she has way too much stuff but I'm going to explain her thought processes and her you're really I found this very fascinating and very interesting especially as a professional organizer and I've known some of this stuff but she is just so precious at the way she talks about herself and her uh, what feelings she goes through and how hard it is and why it's so hard for her. But she's so precious and you can't help but love her. But I do struggle watching some of her videos because um, it is a lot. Um, but, but. She is great, and if you want to know what it's like to be a extreme hoarder, and I'm not talking about the ones on TV with the dead animals and the and etc. I'm just talking about extreme clean extreme hoarder. Um, she's an interesting one to learn what that is, um, but I'm going to talk a little bit about her and you can go back and watch her videos if you can handle them um, but she says where do I start when I am a hoarder and I am overwhelmed anxiety depression ADHD PTSD OCD all of these anxieties cause uh, many other things and many other things cause hoarding Okay, emotional attachment, uh, emotional attachments to are they use these emotional attachment to things to cope with anxiety and etc. Um, now she does clarify she is not a therapist, so seek therapist to talk about your feelings. But right now she's talk just talking about how she. Uh, overcame some of her issues. First, she has a therapist. Second, she watched decluttering videos and organizing videos. Now, she suggests that you watch a lot of decluttering videos first. 
just so your brain starts processing the information, basic information. You see someone doing it, you know what it, it takes, but she says it takes another step for a hoarder to actually use that information and make it work for them. And that's what we're going to talk about today because she says trauma, and we'll get to that, but trauma is what caused her, her anxiety, depression, and PTSD. Um, and trauma will cause you to um, transfer things to your emotional attachment. And we'll talk about that more. She says, knowing that hoarding is mental, it fills a void. We have to take the fear and anxiety out of decluttering before we can declutter. There, for, her, for someone like me, I can watch all of those videos and I can go, immediately go and put those into action. But for someone with a hoarding, uh, an issue of hoarding, um, there's a lot of mental steps that have to be taken first. Okay. And that's what I found in, I find interesting because, um, um, a lot of issues come into play. Uh, knowing that hoarding is mental, it fills a void. We have to take the fear and anxiety out of decluttering. Hoarders feel nervous, overwhelmed, emotional, guilt, shame, and a sense of where do I even start? Now, the second step she takes after she watches the decluttering videos and organizing videos, and I'm sure she had to watch a lot to finally just feel like, okay, this is what I need to do and how I need to do it. And she says now she had to imagine herself on an organizing video, picturing herself actually doing the decluttering and the organizing. It all had to be something that she thought about and saw herself doing. She may have written it down, journaled, uh, took notes. Um, but here is what she says about trauma. Trauma causes her to bury herself in pretty things because it made her feel pretty. It made her feel beautiful. It made her feel special. So all of the things that she loved, she would buy because it made her feel pretty, beautiful, and special. Her self-worth was in the items, not within her. She found security in it and self-worth. Now she had to find her self-worth in her heart. Now, a lot of people do that with things that they buy, but some people find their self-worth in work, so they become workaholics. Some people find their self-worth in a lot of other things that instead of in their 
apart. They don't see their own self-worth. So they, they have to prove that they are beautiful. They have to prove that they are pretty. They have to prove they are special. They have to prove, well, my identity is I'm a hard worker. My identity is that I, um, you know, can do this or I can do this well, which your job is not who you are. It's what you do. It's not who you are. These things are things you love, but they're not who you are. You And I, I must add here because it really, really um, makes me feel very empathetic and, and because we all know, every single one of us know what it's like to feel somewhat less than. You know, I, I talked to uh, my husband and I, okay, don't judge us, but we watch uh, Bachelorette and Bachelor and, and Bachelor in Paradise. And we see these beautiful women and these gorgeous men come on these shows and they all have insecurity. You look at them and you think, wow, look at them and they look how insecure they are. Look how petty they are. Look how much anxiety they have. Look how, you know, how easily they are offended. Look at how, um, you know, their interactions and you can see the insecurities. Well, that just proves all of us have those same insecurities. It doesn't matter how beautiful we are on the inside or the outside. We all seem to say these insecurities to ourselves. These we all have these feelings, and um, but we all have to understand that that's not who we are. And I'm just going to add one more thing is and this is her next uh step she said she had to start speaking positive things into her life and so this is where i have to add you know you have to run to god you have to find bible scriptures that tell you who you are find your identity in christ find out who you are not in what you do and not in what you buy, but in who you are and who God says you are. All right, that's what I'm going to interject there. But she says she wrote, now I have had clients that write positive inform, uh, affirmations on their mirror um, and scriptures on their mirror. Um, and sometimes I've had to do that, you know, when I was struggling as a mom and the, you know, and this isn't saying that the school did anything wrong. I'm just talking about when my kid, you know, you always have that one child that's in trouble a little more than others in school, not horrible things, but just in trouble. They're not listening. They're not sitting still that maybe they have ADHD and they're getting on their teacher's nerves and then the teachers tell you and then you know it 
you feel bad and you feel guilty as a mom. All those mom guilt things that we find ourselves in. I had to write affirmations on my uh, mirror when I felt like that had that mom guilt. Um, so sometimes we have to write things down and she talks about journaling and writing things down and um, do not put your identity into your items. Now, the next thing is she had to imagine herself actually thinking about picking a physical space in her home and imagine what it would look like if she organized it. She had to imagine herself organizing and decluttering a personal space. And for her, she said it was her her personal bathroom because it was a bathroom she didn't share with anyone else. So look at the small space in your home and imagine what it would be like. For her, it was her personal bathroom. For you, it could be a drawer, just as simple as a drawer. You can do one drawer at a time. It felt real and it took out the fear and anxiety. Do not put so much pressure on yourself. You just have to get there at your own time and your own pace. And she had an acronym she uses, J-O-L-T. Just one little thing. And for a hoarder, that could be as small as a paper clip. This is a day-to-day -day betterment of your heart, she says. A um, few more notes I have on uh, Melanie Renee from A Hoarder's Heart is declutter one thing a day, tiny or big. Depending on the day you're having, it can be a, just a paper clip. If you're having a great energetic day, it could be 50 things. Pick smallest space from a drawer to a closet. You can pick a small space like a drawer or a small closet and take your time. Find support or an accountability partner. You are not alone and you can heal. And that's what she had to do. And she puts it all out there on her videos and she's so precious. Um, so I'm going to do a little review. Um, of Melanie Renee. Decluttering can be difficult task if we are a pack rat or have hoarding disorder. As a recovering hoarder herself, Melanie will walk through getting started with decluttering. Hoarding is a mental disorder and we have to stop looking at this stuff and look at the mental mentality. Melanie says, I have hoarding disorder and I am recovering in it as well. I will create such an emotional attachment to so many things because it eases my anxiety so that I can function throughout my day. There are ways for us to reverse all of it. And um, another thing I've heard from people with ADHD is um, just like um, PTSD service dogs, you don't necessarily as an 
when you have uh, ADHD, need a service dog, but you may need a comfort dog. Just a dog that when you are feel having a bad day, you're having anxiety, you're depressed, you have a pet that will make you happy. Uh, and something that you can snuggle, like a, a pet or a really soft, snuggly blanket. Those are all things also that people um, go to when they need a little bit of comfort. Okay, so I'm going to go back to Melanie's ideas. Even if you don't physically declutter right away, doing it in your mind starts to feel good as if you are doing it. When you store self-worth into physical things and then you get rid of the item, it feels like you gave a piece of yourself away. It feels like a piece of you is gone. It doesn't matter if you declutter one thing or a hundred things. You are establishing a habit and building the decluttering muscle in your mind and heart. Now, here are some things that she says to do, and some of them we may have already touched on. Watch the decluttering and organizing videos. Watching others declutter uh, eases overwhelm, guilt, and shame. Imagine yourself in the video doing reorganizing or decluttering. When you see yourself doing it, it starts to take the fear away. Find your self-worth in your heart versus things through positive affirmations. And I added scriptures, the Bible, um, you know, run to God. Get a journal to write down the positive affirmations daily. Or I have to add, you know, or you can write them on your mirror so you see them first thing in the morning. That's some of the things I had to do. Find the smallest area in your home and imagine yourself decluttering and feeling happy in this beautiful space. When you begin actual decluttering, just declutter one thing a day and develop that habit. Pick the smallest space in your house to start working in. This allows you to build confidence to move to larger spaces. And last find an accountability partner or group for support and encouragement all right guys and i said uh if you are a neat person and don't have hoarding disorder um some of her videos may be a little overwhelming for you and they will trigger some anxiety but if you are a hoarder like she is, and you will find that she understands you, she accepts you, you um, are not alone, you are not the only one, and uh, she will show you what not to do and what to do and how she gets through it. It's um, so... I found her information and the way she presents it very, very informative and um, I think you will too. All right, guys. Thank you. Uh, I do have some experience with um, clients that have 
Um, I don't particularly call them hoarders, but they do have lots and lots and lots of collections that we have to work through. You know, uh, I've seen clients with chest of drawers full of jewelry, beautiful jewelry. You know, like I said, I don't call them hoarders because it's not anything like the TV show. They just love their jewelry and we have to figure out how much can she wear and how much space does she have for it. It isn't a matter of should she have the collection. Everybody has a collection and it's just how much room in her home does she have for the collection. We're not going to get rid of everything you have. We're not going to get rid of all your collections. Those are things that you love. I love my jewelry. I love decorative stuff. As you can see in this office, I love pretty stuff. Now, I don't find my identity in this stuff, but I do enjoy it. Um, I have told my husband many times, um, I love him. And if I lost everything, you know, due to a hurricane or flood or anything, reason you can lose everything. I will still love him and I will still run to God. Those are the things that that's where my security comes from. So, um, I will never make people get rid of things that they, that give them anxiety if they get rid of it. We, as a professional organizer, I work with you to help you better your home, better, just make things better. If you are ready to declutter everything, we can declutter everything. If you're ready to just declutter enough books so that all your books fit on one bookshelf instead of going and buying a new bookshelf, that is what we'll do. If you want to keep half of your jewelry, we will keep half of your jewelry. If you're ready to let go of more, we let go of more. If you're not, then you're not. And a lot of times, and she mentioned this and I did not put it in my notes, but as a hoarder, sometimes when we when hoarders let go of things, and I'm talking about good things, things that they just can't wear because they have too many of them. They enjoy giving it to a charity rather than selling it or throwing it out. They would, in their mind, they feel a lot more comfort and a lot more peace knowing that someone that needs it is going to use it. You know, I've had people give me dishes because my thing is dishes and they knew I would use it. They knew I would enjoy it and they knew I would love it. And so they gave it to me. Um, and I have, it comforts you sometimes to give it to someone that you know will need it instead of throwing it out or just donating it to anyone. So, um, we organize 
you for you and for the way your brain works, not for the way Pinterest tells you you should be organized, not, you know, those are all great. Those that want everything in color order, we can do that. Everything alphabetized, we can do that. Everything perfectly Pinterest perfect, we can do that. But we also understand that not everyone's brain can function in Pinterest perfect organization. It has to be organized for the way you function and way your family functions. Now, are there going to be some compromises? Yes, because you may have a Pinterest perfect spouse and one that is extremely unorganized. Well, we have to organize the whole home to fit each person in the home's personality. So there may be some things that the Pinterest perfect person will have to have a little room in a little uh, messy, a room for a little messy. (laughs) They'll have to learn to put up with a little bit of a more of a different way of organizing. And then the messier person will have to adjust to a few new habits as well. Um, so there is some compromise in there. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you found it very informative. I enjoyed how she explained it. Um, so I think it was very helpful. All right, guys, I will sign off here and see you on the next podcast. Thank you for watching.